Well, welcome to the Warriors Walk podcast. We are excited to have you on this episode. Today we're going to be talking about an important topic of hearing from God, unveiling divine communication. So how do we actually hear from God? How does God speak to us today? So if you've been wrestling with this or if you're just wondering, okay, like I had this weird dream and is that from the Lord? Um, you know, I keep seeing the same number on uh, you know certain things. Does that mean something? And oftentimes we can over mystify things. And uh, today we're going to be talking about how God actually speaks to us today as believers. So stay tuned for this episode. Now, one of the things that uh, that Todd, you were sharing with me before, and, and this was actually a foundational book that I took a look at uh, when I was a new believer and was discipled through through with uh, some youth leaders as a teenager, was uh, Henry Blackaby's Experiencing God. And so tell us a little bit about the impact of this book to you and how that has related to how God speaks to us. Yeah. Uh, so it was 1993, I remember, I believe, is when this book came out. And I was a BUDS instructor, basic underwater demolition SEAL school in Coronado, California. And my wife and I and the kids, we belonged to a small little country church. But the pastor uh, led a few of us men through experiencing God before we went through ordination uh, with uh, just being deacons in this specific church. And it was very illuminating for me, uh, even though I had learned a lot of these things in school. It been a little bit of a reprieve since school. And it was just, it was refreshing. And so, yeah, today, some of the principles we're going to share with the listeners is from experiencing God and Blackaby's work. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I, in all the years of student ministry, we you know, may joke around about this in time, but there's, there's always that idea of, uh, you know, um, um, a teenage guy that wants to date a teenage girl that's really into the Lord and, you know, and, and trying to, to pursue the Lord. And he has that famous line of, you know, God told me that we should date. And, and so, you know, that might be a, a thing that the people throw around. It's like, oh, God told me this. God told me this. And and, uh, and we're going to be talking about how how does God actually speak to us? Does he actually encourage us to do things that are against his word? Or uh, And, you know, of course, we know the short answer is no. He would not never contradict his word. Um, but that that idea of, of, you know, hearing from God or expecting to hear from God outside of Scripture is something I see uh, permeating a lot in the Christian culture today is is to kind of you know wait to hear from God extra biblically to confirm things uh, when He's been clear in His Word, and so when it comes to setting you know the the, the stage you know does God speak to us audibly? So just a, a, yes, a quick yes or no question: Does God speak to us audibly today? Ooh, good. So as far as I know, What's your take on that today, no, but got to throw out that. Uh, scripture shows that he has interacted with people audibly. But when you think of the billions of people that have lived on planet earth, uh, probably we're talking a handful that have heard from the exception than the rule. Right. Right. So even there, I mean, it's, it is hundreds of times in the Bible recorded, you know, so you, you know, Exodus three 14, uh, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is uh, what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you Joshua one, one after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, it seems to indicate, you know, that he's talking audibly, but it's not always clear, you know, that it might just be an impression or a still small voice. Judges 6, 18, please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering as I set before you. And the Lord said that word again, I will wait until you return. For Samuel 3, 11, that whole interaction with Samuel um, and uh, Acts, even in the New Testament, there's some passages, you know, angel of the Lord said to Philip, go 
uh, south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to, to, to Gaza, Acts 9 and 15, but the Lord said to Ananias. So we see here that it is recorded, and people might take that to mean, well, okay, God speaks to people, but we have to remember that you know, through hundreds of years of, uh, you know, um, or hundreds of times, I'm sorry, the Bible records God speaking, we have to remember that it occurs over the course of 4,000 years of human history. And God speaking audibly seems to be the exception, even in Scripture, than, than just the, the rule. Um, and, uh, and even in the biblical recorded instances of God speaking, it's not always clear, again, if it was audible or if it was, you know, impressions or through an angel. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I would say, yeah, so God... Yeah. God can communicate however he wants. You know, he can speak to us audibly if he wants. Um, but we have to realize that God primarily, almost exclusively today, speaks to us through his word, the, you know, the Bible. And, Absolutely. And that's a, a, a core principle. So, yeah, I think we should you know, start off with that foundation, you know, to get that out of the way of, of, of understanding, like, that, that God's word is so um, huge. And, uh, and share a little bit about the, um, the insights from experiencing God, some of the core concepts, God's invitation some application from that. Absolutely. Yeah. A couple things I wrote down is, you know, as a reminder is God is always at work around us and God pursues a continuing love relationship with us. Mm -hmm. So those are core principles from Blackaby's work. And then his invitation really is just to join him in this work. And I remember examples in that book where people were trying so hard in their own flesh and their own energy uh, to create something for God and then when they became exhausted and they came to an end of themselves, they then recognized where God was at work and they just joined in. Mm -hmm. And that's been pivotal for me as well as to like, where's God at work? Maybe I should yeah. just join in. And so I, I even think about like as a church member, oftentimes uh, we can get overwhelmed with all the options of how to serve God when in fact, maybe we just need to jump in. One of the happiest times I had serving in a church, that same church that took me through experiencing God, when I first arrived there, I thought it was an unfriendly church. And the Holy Spirit knocked on my heart after a couple of months of complaining about it. And it says, the reason it's unfriendly is because of you. <laughs> and it kind of hit me. I was like, well, I need to get involved. So I started setting up tables and chairs. And all of a sudden, that church was friendly. Well, the only thing that changed was my heart. Mm. And I just got involved. Yeah. But yeah. core concepts, again, you know, as we're talking about in the practical application, uh, really can change our perspective and help us better hear from God. Yeah. So that's. And now one of the things that, um, uh, you know, as far as how God communicates to us, we talked about, you know, scripture. One of the aspects that I'm, I'm passionate about is understanding the reliability of scripture. You know, so I think oftentimes when we look for things out, you know, for God to speak to us outside of the Bible, or it's like, uh, I'm reminded of that, um, oh, geez, what was the movie? It was with. I think it was Jim Carrey, and he was like, just show me a sign, Lord, show me a sign. And then, like, there's literally, like, road signs, like, stop here, do not go any further. Like, you know, it's like, if only it's, like, turn around immediately, go the different direction. And he's, like, looking for all these signs, and they're literally right there in front of us. And I think uh, we we were like, man, God, would you just give me direction on this? But we won't pick up our Bibles and really search out what he has to say on that topic or, you know, to dive into Scripture and meditate on it. Um, but one of the things that we can, you know, just trust that, that God's word is, is reliable is, um, you know, is that it, it's unique in its continuity, you know, the way that it was put together. Um, so just imagine questioning 40 different people on religious views, people from every social and economic background, every walk of life, three separate continents, different languages, um, 
you know, taking several forms, you know, po- poetry, history, civil, criminal law, ethics, didactic, parable, biography, prophecy, personal correspondence, and spanning near, nearly a period of 1,500 years. All those are describing, like, how the Bible is put together. This doesn't make sense unless God had a hand in putting it all together, right? And so uh, if we took any other topic, you know, we like to use the analogy of, like, a medical book. It's like from, okay, 1,500 years ago, if we started a medical book and we finished it today— would there be contradictions in Big time. modern medicine? It's like like even the past hundred years, all yeah. the innovations. Um, well, one example yeah. that comes to mind, I remember teaching this years ago, and I studied medicine, you know, in the military, and it was in Leviticus where clearly in God's word, God is telling Moses, life is in the blood. Well, it wasn't until the 1800s that a doctor discovered that blood was important. Yeah, And it's like, like before it's like, well, oh, we need to let your blood out. You're sick. Right. Just I mean, bloodletting blood. was the yeah. cure for everything. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, even that, you know, something as simple as that, you know, God explained to Moses thousands of years before man ever figured it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so in that way, like, you know, even understanding that there's not any proven contradictions within God's word, like it just, it can't be explained unless God's hand was into organizing it. And then, uh, and then just even it's survival too, you know, so the Bible compared with other ancient writings, there's more manuscripts, uh, evidence than, than any 10 pieces of classical literature combined. Yeah. Um, with regard to the New Testament books, um, there's a guy named John Warwick Montgomery stated, to be skeptical of the resultant text of the New Testament books is to allow all of classical antiquity to slip into obscurity, for no documents of the ancient period are as well attested bibli- uh, bibliogra- bibliographically as the New Testament. And so anyway, so just the, the survival of the Bible, even though there's there's so many people that have tried to wipe it off the face of the earth, um, I think it's it's trustworthy uh, of that today. Uh, you know, trustworthy for our lives today, for so I'm a big proponent of the sufficiency of Scripture in our daily lives that we don't need to hear from God extra biblically to confirm what he's already said in his word. Yeah, and when we think about, you know, experiencing God and, and hearing from him, you know, what, like you said, you emphasize, I think, one of the most important things, and that is through Scripture, Yeah. right? And I think the hang-up, if we're to be honest, uh, just you and I as pastors and also as men and women listening, is a lot of times we get frustrated with the word of God um, because it's not telling us what we want to hear, right? And yeah. so then it becomes an obedient issue. And the best way I know how to teach this is as a father and a grandfather is I, I look at these beautiful children uh, that God's allowed me to be involved with and to be stewards and to see the defiance in a two-year-old or a five-year-old. Recently, I took a, a granddaughter who's five swimming. I've spent most of my water, life in the water, and I was trying to teach her how to swim, and she defiantly was like, I know what I'm doing, Papa. I can do it. And so I was like, okay, okay yeah. have it your way. You know, and so she has a life jacket and she's enjoying herself in the shallows doggy paddling, but she doesn't fully understand yet what she could actually do. Right. And so yeah. again, that's just another example where this is just me and a five-year-old and she's arguing with me. And it would probably seem ludicrous to the listener that, well, what's a five-year-old arguing with a grown man over swimming? And yet every one of us shake our fist at God saying we know better than him. So I think that's even a problem when it comes to scripture and being just being willing to sit under it and listen for God's direction. But then to it is a whole other story. But then how valuable prayer is, you know, that's another tool that Blackaby emphasizes and just spending time praying God's word. Uh, something that again has transformed my prayer life is actually praying God's word. Such a big deal. And then you and I, I mean, think of circumstances, right? And other believers. Um, if, and that's, you know, we'll emphasize this in other episodes and along the way on this journey of equipping the saints in this warrior's walk. But 
it's so important to have other believers around you uh, to speak God's word into your life. Because sometimes, um, from what I've learned from Pastor David and others in our congregation, is that we all have blind spots. And the reason you don't see them is because it's a blind spot, spot yeah. right? And so we need other men and women in our life to say, hey, I think you might be off course here. And then finally, you know, really in, in accord with uh, John 14, 26, you know, that Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us. Yeah. And that goes back to what we shared previously, you know, like creating margin to be still so that we could actually hear from him. Yeah. One, I think, um, you know, someone that might be watching or listening to this, uh, they might say, well, you know, of course, like we would go to God's word for, you know, moral decisions and like you know, to, to learn about what's right and wrong and everything. But as far as, um, you know, God's word speaking to individual circumstances on decisions that we have to make, like, you know, um, the uh, like college I should go to, the job that I should pursue or the career that I should pursue or who should I marry those are oftentimes where we, we, we say, oh, well, obviously the Bible is not going to, I'm not going to open up to first Corinthians two and see Keith should marry this person, Caroline, you know, like, and, and so, so I think, um, you know, there's, there's obvious, there's obvious things that we should trust scripture with and we shouldn't contradict you know, God's word when we're making decisions and, and really seeing how God wants us to, to live. And I think sometimes the way that, uh, that we see it is, that we have to, you know, make all these decisions. There's a right or wrong decisions that may not be right or wrong. Like there's, there's you know, not moral decisions that we can make. So we make thousands of decisions every single day. Mm. Um, and I think, um, you know, we, we, we want to weigh that against God's word. But I think in the same way, we have to see it as God has given us boundaries and we are free to make certain decisions within those boundaries in his sovereignty. And, and so, so it'd be similar if like, if I said, you know, to my, my boys, like, Hey, you know, go out in the backyard and play. Well, they don't have to come and ask me, hey, can I kick the soccer ball now? Well, is that in the backyard? It's like, yes. Okay, well, then it's still within the boundaries that I set up of, it's like, just don't go outside the backyard. It's like, well, can I throw a frisbee now? It's like, is it within the backyard? You know, and so I think we can over-mystify things. Mm -hmm. uh, a wise person once told me that that you can't over-spiritualize things because I think there's, you know, there's a, left, there's a depth of spirituality and like, you know, spiritual warfare and battles that are happening all around us like all the time that we can't over spiritualize things, but I think we can over mystify things where it's like, I can't make this decision until I see the writing on the wall. And I, you know, it's like until this circumstances is, is aligned and, and, uh, and we even use verses like, um, you know, getting its fleece, you know, to, to, to say like, well, this is my fleece that I'm putting out to see if what God's going to say, you know? And I think uh, he's given us boundaries to make decisions on our own with him that he can still use for his purposes too. Um, but when it comes to, um, you know, obviously filtering decisions and, and, you know, and how we want to hear from God through scripture, through prayer, like even praying scripture. We talked a little bit about circumstances being a guide for that. So sometimes the, there's just a closed door. It's like, we can't enter that door anymore. Like, it's like, okay, that, that is, has not even, um, that's been a circumstance that the Lord has used to really, or it's a decision outside of ourselves that's been decided that will, you know, not allow us to move forward. But then we have this thing, um, you know, as you mentioned, the Holy Spirit guiding us. Mm. And uh, when I hear that, like one of my main concerns is, is it the Holy Spirit or is it me? That's, you know, like, so if, if it's, if it's the Holy Spirit guiding us, how do we know if it's, if it's the real, if it's a real deal? You know, cause I, I think of like verse, uh, you know, verse like Jeremiah 79, it's like the heart is deceitful above all things. So left on our own, I think we can convince ourselves that God is saying anything. So 
what is your what is your take on that? How do you know if it's the Holy Spirit telling you to do something? Is that still small voice inside of you, or if it's your own desire, or you know your own sinful um, heart trying to, to to lure you into a decision? Yeah, that's really good. As you were speaking, one of the things that came to mind too that I think would be good for the listeners to be reminded of that you and I have shared in the past is understanding the difference between principles and promises from God's word, right? Like I, you know, this is, you know, could be life-giving or you could be like, oh no, our, our pastor's nuts. But, you know, many years in the, in the SEAL teams, I designated drove for all my guys and I've spent a lot of time in bars and I've seen a lot of bar fights, been involved in them. But a principle from Proverbs 15 is, you know, a soft answer turns away wrath. Well, that's a, a general good rule, but I've seen that goes south in a bar fight, you know, where someone tries to calm something down and they get socked in the nose, right? So that's a principle. It's not a promise, yeah. you know, where we have promises from God's word where we know like he'll never leave us or forsake us, right? And so yeah. with that context, as you wade in and knowing how to hear from God, I think the the most glaring one that you know uh, from my own background is my transition from the military, right? And that was a big deal. I way overthought it uh, and I think where God helped me was when I was overseas in Afghanistan, I was reading Crazy Love by Francis Chan. And if you haven't read it, my best description is it's like being punched in the face by a friend. Uh, that's how <laughs> I felt when I read it. But maybe that's just where I was at spiritually. But the biggest takeaway was you and I as believers are in this epic movie about God, and our role is to walk on a sidewalk in the background for 0.3 seconds. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, my takeaway was like, Todd, get over yourself. Yeah. And at the time... I really thought if I chose poorly on this transition that the world would stop spinning, like yep. chaos would ensue. When in fact, I think, and this is what I've taught to many people seeking God's will, is that sometimes um, God gives us choices. Um, when you look at choice A and choice B to simplify the discussion, if both can honor God, then I think sometimes he actually is generous and gives us choices. And believe it or not, God's sovereignty will be able to figure out whether you choose a or B, he probably will still be able to keep the world spinning in the right direction. And so uh, for me, that moment came when I transitioned from the military, had a wonderful job offer. For the first time in my life, I would describe making lots of money. And the day before I shook hands with this company, uh, the church contacted me and said, hey, we'd like you to take over the youth ministry. What they didn't know, and only the Lord and my wife knew, is at home, and if you don't know me, I, I love to think in thought bubbles. And so I, on a legal pad, I had a big circle around teach the Bible, falling back to you know what I went to school for in the 80s, and then off of that, work with teenagers. And literally the day before, um, as I'm following and doing my best to serve and, and be obedient to God, he revealed that to me. I didn't yeah. apply to a single church, and yet that was my heart's desire, and he granted it. So going yeah. back to Gideon's fleece, it was soaking wet. Yeah. So... Then I went to the most confident person I have in my life, my wife, who was a preacher's daughter, and I said, I think this is where God's leading me. And she just looked at me, being very spiritual, and she said, are you sure? <laughs> because my wife was excited. She yeah. was already house shopping in a nice neighborhood, and she realized those dreams were slowly going away. Mm -hmm. But we did. We fasted and prayed, and we, we concentrated ourselves. And then at the end of a week, my wife said, you know what, I'm just being selfish. This is clearly what God's called you to do. And so we stepped in, and that was about 11 years ago. Yeah. And so for me, that was a practical way of seeing God step up and reveal his nature uh, to me. Yeah, that's huge. 
and there's been different times in my life where there's you know there's there's been these huge weighty decisions that I feel like I have to make and and then uh, uh I was reminded years ago by a friend that I was you know I was asking his advice and seeking wise counsel because that can be an absolutely you know um, effective way of of kind of seeing different perspectives and the Lord using other people in your life that know you love you care about your future as well to help you make those big decisions um, that you that you want guidance from the Lord from. And so I was seeking this uh, this particular guy's you know just kind of wisdom in my situation, and I was I was kind of paralyzed with indecision because I was worried that I was going to make the wrong decision, and and uh, and and he's like you know are you uh, he's like you understand like how awful the Holocaust for instance was like you know just the absolutely like hor- horrific things that were done to you know people and um and I was like yeah. and he's like do you believe that God somehow use that for his purposes overarching, you know, um, in the, in the global scheme of things, did people actually turn to the Lord as a result of something so awful? And I said, yeah, pro- I mean, probably. And he's like, well, then how much more than you who want to please the Lord, how can he use your decisions to actually accomplish his will as, as well? Even if he uses tragedies and awful situations to actually, you know, benefit his, his, his purpose as well. And it kind of, it, it, again, just popped that bubble of expectation that like I, have so much power. Like I have like the power to really affect the whole world. You know, it's like by God's grace, you know, he, he allows us to make decisions within, you know, certain boundaries that, yeah, you could choose either one and it might be good for you. um, And he can use that for, for his purposes. Um, But I would say there's sometimes people that are paralyzed by indecision um, because they're afraid that they're not going to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. And they want to hear, you know, like they want to have that fleece type of moment. And uh, or experience this like overwhelming peace before they move forward. And you've probably been in a lot of different situations, like in your, your Navy SEAL career, where you just had to take action before you knew all the different outcomes, and and you know before you felt a certain way. Was there any times in in your career that you can think back where you felt like you just had to take action before you had all the the gushy you know peaceful feelings, um, whether it was a career decision or um, you know even on the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. Without any forethought on this topic, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that come to mind, but one topic that comes to mind that I think is applicable that everybody could use in their own life is, uh, in the SIL teams and in in a lot of military units, they have something called SOPs stands for standard operating procedures. And so when you understand the principles of whether it's clearing a house, taking down a ship, uh, executing, you know, a certain target, you know, a certain way, uh, you have these operating procedures. And so overseas, a lot of times you would gain intel on a target and then that intel would lead you to another target that same night. And you didn't need to rebrief everybody because we all knew the principles to yeah. go to the next target, right? And so when we're students of God's word, we're students of prayer and we have those battle buddies, we have discipleship relationships, all those principles pouring into us, I think it helps us when these topics come up and we need to make decisions and then to know I got a battle buddy and say, Hey, I'm not sure if I'm missing something. And you kind of unveil uh, what God's revealing to you and to hear that insight. But I think sometimes I do think God, you know, or even I fall back again, my wife on all our moves, like we would have these round table discussions. Do we stay in the military? And if we do, which duty station do we go to next? And so we would gather around the table and I was, I had my what if tree and I had the pros and the cons. And at the end of the discussion, uh, it was really sweet. My wife, Nancy would look at me and she has, she's like, well, 
you're the man, make the call and I'll follow you. <laughs> and uh, she has this nice plaque from Ruth, you know, where you go, I will go, you know, and where you stay, I will stay. And so she modeled that and she's been modeling it for 38 years now. Right. And so I think at the end of the day, uh, she, she allowed me, you know, as the leader of the home to say, Hey, I trust you, you know, and sometimes, you know, when I think of discussions I've had with not just young people, but anybody wrestling with the will of God, they so badly want someone just to tell them what to do. Yeah. And that's not what we're to do, right? Yeah. That's between them and the Lord. I mean, I've had people in tears, just tell me what to do. And I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. I think that really is, that's the discernment time. And I've that, been on both ends of that conversation too, where I've like, I've, so I've told some of my mentors, I'm like, just tell me what I should do. And they're like, ah, yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. what I'm going to do. And then I've been on the other end of that where people have been like, yeah, what, what do you think I should do? I'm like, I think that's, you know, that like, uh, let me give you some boundaries, you know, we'll, we'll receive from scripture, but ultimately I think you should decide that. And when well, it goes yeah. back to even what you brought up earlier, the dating situation, right? You know, God is clearly telling me to date this young lady who doesn't believe in him. Well, I would argue God is not telling you to date that young lady because now you're violating some scriptural principles. Yeah. Well, and that's where, you know, we can, um, uh, you know, glean from that, uh, that still small voice that, you know, inside believers, impressions, thoughts, you know, we see like in first Corinthians 19, where you know, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain and the presence of the Lord is about to pass by. And then the wind came and shattered the rocks before the Lord. The Lord was on the wind. The wind was there at earthquake. The Lord was on the earthquake. Um, the, after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was on the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Mm. And, uh, and, and so being attuned to that is, is, has to be intentional, right? Um, to want to weigh it against scripture. Cause it's not going to ever contradict, you know, you, God would never tell you to do something that's going to contradict scripture. Because uh, now we have the full key in the scripture, and we believe that it's sufficient for us to live our daily lives. And then um, there was even one time I remember in college, um, it was back in the days before, you know, direct deposit was a thing, and I had to get a physical check, and I'd have to go to the bank every, you know, every Friday from where I worked at a coffee shop, and I'd get a check, and then I had to go to the bank and deposit the check into my account. And there was, you know, some regular tellers and stuff that I saw. And, and, uh, that particular Friday, uh, we had like a prayer, um, it was like a prayer day at our school, I went to Bible college. And, and so we were spending time in prayer and I knew the things I had to do after we finished that chapel session or whatever to go pick up my paycheck and go deposit it. And, uh, and for whatever reason, I just felt like the Lord was telling me, and I, I can't even say that it was like. God told me to do this, but I was like, I, you know, I would describe it as I felt like the Lord was telling me to do this because it doesn't, you know, it didn't really, you know, make sense otherwise. But I felt like the Lord was telling me that I should go purchase some flowers and just hand them to the bank teller. And I'm thinking, and then at that point, I'm like convincing myself that how crazy this is. I'm like, you know, what if it's someone my age? Like I'm already, like I was already dating, you know, Caroline, my now wife. I'm like, what if she thinks that I'm trying to like get her flowers romantically? I was like, this is so odd. Like why? Like but I was like, I could not shake the feeling. The more I prayed about it, I was like, it seems like a thing that I should I should do. And at the end of the day, I guess if it just blesses someone, like maybe. So I went to the supermarket, got some flowers, stood in line. And then as I was standing in line at the bank teller or, you know, waiting for the tellers, I was like trying to do the calculations because there was like an older an older lady. Um, there was a younger lady like my, you know, like a couple other like imagery. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like who am I going to be? Because I didn't even know the teller that I was going to have. And so I was like, this is so awkward. Like I'm trying to convince myself. I was like, maybe I should just leave, you know? And, and so I was like, no, like I, I feel like the Lord was telling me to do this, but I'm not sure why. And so I get up there and, and luckily the person you know, in front of me got to the, the, the lady that was my age, which would have been a lot, a lot more awkward. 
Uh, and so I got assigned to the older lady. And so uh, as soon as I walked up, she goes, oh, are those flowers for me? Like joking. And I said, actually, yes. <laughs> and she's like, what? And I said, I don't know why, but I felt like the Lord was just telling me to get, get you some flowers today. And so here they are. And she like looked at me and she like took the flowers. She's like, thank you. Did the transaction, left. Don't know however the Lord used that in her life, but I, I just felt like it was an act of obedience that I should try to do this. So anyways, I say all of that to say, there's been other times like that where I felt like the Lord was pressing on me to do something that I didn't understand, but I just felt like it would it would be you know, beneficial. Now, did did that contradict God's word? Like, did it, like, you know, was it uh, something that I shouldn't have done because it's like, okay, God is telling me to do this, but no, it's against his word. No, I don't see anywhere in scripture where it's like, be kind to other people, like, you know, give them some flowers, whatever, like make someone else's day. I, it didn't contradict. So I was like, okay, I think this is within the boundaries. Could I say, would I take a bullet saying that that was definitely the Lord? I don't think I could do that either, but it was just something that I felt like I should do in the moment that, uh, that may have been official, you know, who knows the story behind, you know, that, that lady and how the Lord might've used that to, to impact her life somehow, but it wasn't something that was obvious to me. Maybe when I get to heaven, I'll know, but, uh, sometimes the Lord en enables us to, to follow through with, with the still small voice without understanding or the circumstances and, uh, there's been times like that where, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, where you're just reminded to pray for someone. Mm. Um, in fact, you were telling a little bit of story about that before, um, you know, where there's been times where I'll, I'll just be like, man, I, I just feel like I should pray for so-and-so. And then turns out that they, you know, they, they needed a prayer at a certain time, but you had an experience like that too, right? I did. But before we go there, I just want to encourage you. If you hear that still small voice saying I should get Todd, a uh, uh, from Wild West Guns in Alaska, the co-pilot 4570 takedown rifle. Um, I don't know the chapter and verse, but I think that's probably clear. Yeah, so yeah. just and as a battle buddy. If you're feeling a still small voice of buying either one of us really good quality coffee, like small batch quality coffee. Um, Del whole beans. Whole beans. Definitely. Uh, that, well, that, that, well within our budget compared to the Wild West gun option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Good to know. So what Keith is uh, – alluding to is it was a few years ago and I wish I had moments like this every week. I don't, but there was this one day where I got up exceptionally early. It's probably 3 AM. And I did, I just carved out time to be quiet. One, I was, I was exhausted. It wasn't a good night of sleep, but I'm sitting there and I thought, you know what? Redeem the time. I'm awake. Here I am. Let's, let's spend it with the, the creator of the universe. Yeah. And so as I was spending time with him and I, I spent some time going through my Bible reading plan I just felt impressed upon to pray for this one brother uh, who served with you and I, and I just felt like I should really pray for him. So I sent him a text knowing, you know, that he's he probably doesn't have his phone on loud, so I'm not going to wake him up at 3, and he immediately texts me back. So this is, I don't know, maybe 3.30 at this point, and he said, I'm so glad you're praying for me. Uh, I need you. Could you come to the hospital? My mother-in-law is about to pass away, and my father-in-law is just distraught. I said, right away, I'll be there. And so I got to be there uh, as this woman entered eternity and then to be, you know, there to comfort and uh, eventually officiate the, the funeral for her and just, you know, to comfort both those men. Yeah. And so that's an example of one of those sweet moments where you follow up with some action that you feel impressed upon. Mm -hmm. And again, chapter and verse, it doesn't violate anything. We certainly, those one another's we learn in Scripture in the New Testament, what, 59? Yeah. Uh, that, you know, uh, one of the ways to live that out, you know, in our modern world is maybe fire off a text and say, hey, could I serve you or care for you in a specific way? Yeah. And and God will be faithful, right? Like I just, I've yet to see God introduce a thought like that where it just fell flat. Yeah. 
Definitely. So I think that's where we trust the Holy Spirit. And again, discernment, you're right. Like we do need to be careful, you know, the impression we give. Like if it would have been the young woman, you know, yes, that could create awkwardness and all those things. But at the same point, uh, I think principles there, that young woman could have been on the verge of making a poor decision, right? And just those flowers could have been encouragement. Yeah. Same thing with that other lady. Who knows what was going on in her life? And that was the encouragement that she needed from God to either seek him out or in such a way, or to yeah. be reminded he's seeking yeah. her out. And in that moment, like I explained, I was like, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. I, I was praying today and I felt like the Lord was telling me to do this. So it wasn't just like this, here's some flowers, like hope this helps. Like, <laughs> like I was right. able to connect it back to, you know, my faith and share the share in just a small way, you know, part of the gospel. But um, yeah, who knows how, how that was affecting her and, and maybe she's even going to watch this and be like, you're the guy that's, you know, I don't know. I was going to um, put you in my will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But uh, the Lord never really showed me any evidence of, of anything, you know, after that. Um, and that's so, great. yeah, so with that, though, that act of obedience, of course, some cautions, you know, just to make sure that, that you know, if you are following that still small voice, to, to always weigh it against Scripture, to make sure that, you know, what you're, what you're saying. But also some cautions just to, uh, to not confuse other people because I, I hear this a lot and it could confuse you know, non-believers or other people like how, how God does speak to me. But I would just, I would just be cautious of saying definitively that God told me X, Y, Z, unless it's a quotation from scripture, unless it's like from, you know, from God's word. And uh, because what we can you know, fall in the trap of, and, and I, oftentimes when I hear that, I know what someone means, you know, it's like, okay, I feel, I feel strongly that God he was telling me to do this. Um, but when we, when we, you know, hear that out of kind, and I remember like as a new believer hearing people say, you know, say that terminology and be like, wait, God doesn't tell me anything. Like he doesn't speak to me audibly. Like, and, and I just immediately thought like, what's wrong with me? Like, and just in my own, you know, lack of understanding of how God communicates to us, like just to be cautious of, of definitively saying God told me to do this or, you know, to, to, yeah, I would just say it's, it, it might be wise to say like, I really feel like God's leading me to xyz yeah that's really good it actually brings to mind ephesians 4 31 32 it's a couple verses i've shared with numerous people from brand new believers to seminary professors struggling with forgiveness and so you know the verse 31 talks about the devil's beachhead landing in a heart you know as far as you know and and paul's just you know admonishing it's like hey let all bitterness you know along with wrath and anger and clamor you know and slander and malice be put away from you and so you're like, all right, these things, and this could be a whole episode just talking about that. But then shifting to the solution, like to be tenderhearted and forgive one another, just like Christ Jesus forgave us. Yeah. So like that's a principle and a, you know, a command, right? And yeah. so God's telling us what to do. So for instance, maybe you're struggling today with forgiveness. Well, God's word makes it very clear. If you're a follower of Christ, you're to forgive. Yeah. Does it mean it's easy? No. But is it something we're supposed to do? And is it for our good? Yes. Yeah. Now, as we close this episode, so we always want to end on a survival tip. Um, so what is today's survival tip that we can glean from the expert? So here's one that I've learned in bucketfuls over the years. In the winter environment, uh, we carry our water around. Usually Nalgene's is what we used. Uh, they're one liter Nalgene's, and uh, they, they worked really well. And then in really cold environments, we would actually have these insulated covers uh, that we'd put them in and zip them up, and we'd wear them on the side of our packs or in our pack itself. But when it's really cold, below freezing, uh, a pro tip that will save you a lot of frustration is to carry your water bottle upside down so that it freezes to the bottom. Because if you carry your water bottle upright, especially as you drink it and you create air, you actually create ice. And then you can't get in there. And then you got to use your pocket knife to break a hole so you can sip water. If you carry it upside down, then you just got nice chilled water and you can drink it 
and it doesn't interfere and it just makes life a lot more pleasant. And then really a bonus tip, uh, something I've learned the hard way as well is uh, flavored water uh, tends to encourage you to stay hydrated. So, you know, I've experimented back in the day, you know, Tang, I mean, that's how old of an operator I am. Like Tang was the only sports drink around. And so it's what the astronauts use. So, so do the Navy SEALs. Uh, but over time I would try different things. Uh, but I learned uh, that chicken bouillon, for instance, is delicious when it's hot, Yeah. but it's oh, horrible it when it's cold. It's like drink, <laughs> drinking an oil slick. Ooh. And so you evaluate what you're putting in your water. Like, does it taste good, cold and, and hot? hot? Yeah. Right. So there's cool. your bonus tip. Good to know. Good to know. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Warriors Walk. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode where we're going to talk about the living word, making the Bible come alive, and ways to to make your time with uh, God's word uh, just come alive even more. So, so join us for our next episode.